recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Stephen Rich Building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, creation of the humanoids. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast. Hey Phyllis. Hey Rob. So tonight, we're talking about a little movie. Creation of the humanoids. Out of the atomic war came the perfect man, the humanoids, man's own creation. Which is really weird that I only just heard about this movie recently. Yes. I'm surprised that I haven't. I haven't seen it show up in, you know, monster magazines, sci-fi magazines over the years. Never heard of it. I saw the trailer somewhere a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Or maybe about maybe a year ago, a few months ago, and it was it looked just looked interesting. I was like, I've got to see this movie, right? So I looked for it, uh, found a DVD copy, a double feature with was it War of the Planets? War, yeah, something like something that. like that. War between the planets, yeah, or something some, like that. Some some crap it, Italian boring sci-fi. Boring as crap. Boring. We could not get through. Yeah, yet. don't don't even bother with that. Well, <laughs> treat yourself. I don't care. Whatever you want. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend it. Let's put it that way. Right, but. The movie creation of the humanoids, though, really interesting movie. I say interesting little movie because it is a little movie. It's not a big blockbuster type film of any, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. No. It's a very low budget, very, and, and you can tell us low budget. I mean, you know, sparse sets. Yep. Very minimalist sets, which adds to its charm a bit. It really does. Um, well, I mean, it, it. this movie is all about. The writing, yeah. The acting, just the which story. Is, which is it's just hit and miss. In it's this, hit and miss. Well, it is. I but know, the story true. is there. But the story is the amazing. Di- the, the everything, all the drama is in the dialogue. Yeah, I mean, and and honestly, it's not like it's a. Well, I mean, maybe for the time, it was more of an original story because when it was written in 1950 something, I guess, and then filmed in 19 um, put out in 1960. It looks like it 62. was. Yeah, it it was filmed sometime in 60. But was actually released in like later in sixty one, and uh, most most of the time you see it, it says released in sixty two. Right. So sixty two is the the given. That so is for when it was its for its time, the story was more original. Now it's a story that that people are more familiar with. Oh, it's been reused over can, and over. Yeah, again. we can yeah. get into that in a minute. But it was done so well, and. It actually managed to surprise me, which I guess we'll get into to the actual mm-hmm, plot and mm-hmm. the twists in it as yeah. we go along. But it actually managed to surprise me, which I I couldn't believe. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances that a, a sci-fi movie from the you know late fifties, early sixties would have a twist actually have a twist that would make you? That would make you oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was really shocked. It was just really, really well done. It was great science fiction writing and still poignant for today. Yeah, you which know? we'll get into in a bit. But first, let me let me go back a little bit. I was talking about, the, and we'll talk about the, I'm going to talk about the, the downside of it, the, the cons first. Well, we'll so bounce much, all around, I'm yeah, sure, there's so but much, go ahead. But there's so much prose about it is what the minimalist sets like some of the late, you know, third season of Batman. Yeah. yeah. There's no special effects whatsoever. No special effects except for the makeup, which I, I'm going to r- rave about that in a second. 
Some of the music was a little odd. It was a lot, but it was more of electronic sounds and stuff. Yeah, music, yeah. It wasn't like music Forbidden so Planet much. kind of stuff, mm-hmm, you know, which yeah. was kind of cool, though. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, but yeah. at the very beginning, and, and maybe I just got used to it, and because I can't remember it later in the film, mm-hmm. but at the very beginning, some of the musical cues or the sounds or whatever were a little weird, and I was like, yeah. what the heck well, is that? The whole thing but plays, then it got better. to me, it, well, it kind of is shot in is like a play almost because mm-hmm. it's all dialogue, you know, no special effects. Like we said, nothing super cinematic about it, but it, it plays like a long twilight zone episode. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it, it exactly feels, it what feels I like said like a television to you. episode, a long television episode it runs, it runs 84 minutes. Right. Well, I mean, in that, yeah. that's the first words I said to you mm-hmm. after we finished it the first time we watched it. Oh yeah. I feel like we just watched twilight yeah. zone episode. That's about it though. Oh, well, and, and the, the low budget, uh, you know, attributing to the, um, the, the costumes too. Right. You know, there <laughs> those one uh faction of not police, but the the order of flesh and blood, mm-hmm. which is kinda like a watchdog group. Yeah. They have like it looks like drum major pants from yeah, you know, some <laughs> marching band and then some glittery shirt. And civil war hats. And then a then a, a rebel civil war cap without the <laughs> insignia on it. Right. So they got whatever costumes they could get cheap somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Other than that, though, that's about it as far as I got to say. Well, okay. Let me backtrack, jump back again. The acting is good, and it's not good. Yeah. Um, a few of the f- right. A few of the people in it are really good. Yeah. Really natural delivery, and a couple of them are really wooden and stiff. Yeah. That being said. Well, and some of them are robots, so they're supposed to be, but that's not what, what you're talking I'm not about. Talking about. No, that's not what I'm talking about at all. <laughs> I know. But that all being said... That's it. The rest yeah. of it. It's a charming little movie. Yeah. It looks, I think it looks beautiful. Yeah. The cinematographer, the camera guy, they got, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was shot tons of movies and he uses for the humans, not the the robots. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's like he uses a, a lot few of, times in this movie. They don't say robots. Yeah. They say robots. Robots. <laughs> he uses like old style Hollywood glamour lighting. Yeah. And it really works in this thing. And, and mm-hmm. it gives it a, a a really weird feel and effect to some of the scenes. But it really helps the film. It, you know, it helps the mood of the film. Because you don't really notice that that's what it is quite at first. You're just like, oh, that's, that's different. Look, it's inter- you know, interesting what's going on here. And then, you well, jumping around some more, the actors in it you only have two really of note don mcgowan is mm-hmm. the the lead the hero basically in this mm-hmm. and the Kragus. <laughs> and he was comes from we everybody should know don mcgowan anyway from creature walks among us mm-hmm. he was the creature in that he was in the werewolf that 54 movie i think we I, we might have done an episode on yeah, that yeah i think we did uh, he was the sheriff in that. Right. He also played Frankenstein on, I don't know if it was a British show or if it was American, it was called Tales of, I think it was a British show called Tales of Frankenstein. He played the monster. Hmm. I've seen pictures of it, but I've never seen the show. He's a big burly guy. Looks like he could play a Frankenstein or creature, you know, mm-hmm. big guy. He's okay. He's one of the better actors in the movie. Yeah, film. no, he did a good job. And a few other, like I said, people you've never heard of, I've never heard of, but the other, one of the humanoids is played by one Dudley Manlove, <laughs> and yes, that's that cat's real name, 
but for our purposes, uh, what everybody else knows him from is Plan 9 from Outer Space. Right. He is one of the aliens. Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. He's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was fun seeing him in there going, I know that voice. <gasps> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other big plus for this, for me anyway, was the makeup. Yeah, and you didn't know this going into this movie. I didn't know this going in until, I don't know if I even watched the credits. You or... did. When we first started the movie, oh, you, yeah, that's, the credits okay. came that's up and I you saw. were like, ah! Yeah, Jack Pierce did the makeup for that. Now, this isn't the downslide of his career, but Jack Pierce, of course, is the genius who created the makeups for Carlos Frankenstein, um, Carlos Mummy, Cheney's Wolfman, he was the universal makeup guy. He pretty much created the universal monsters. And then as techniques evolved, he didn't want to evolve with the techniques. He preferred doing things the old way, and the studio wanted to move on. And then when they kind of got out of the monster picture business, they threw him to the curb, which is a damn shame because he built the studio more or less. Yeah. And then he worked in TV and movies sporadically, and but he got this, and the makeup of the aliens... They're you not know, aliens, they're robots. Well, an alien, I'm sorry, robots. 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 <laughs> the humanoids. It's They're really, uh, it's simple, but it's very effective, and it's not noticeable. No, you know what I mean? it's not. You're that right. That it's makeup, and that's what makes it brilliant. Yeah. They're, the humanoids are hairless, mm-hmm. so they're, they're, you know, they're bald, no eyebrows, and then for the most part they have silver like dome eyes. Yeah. Which are really kind of creepy. Yeah. And they're the like big contact lenses basically that the actors can only wear for, you know, minutes at a time. But the genius uh, of his makeup and the brilliance uh, of his, you know, his craft this is at a, you know, at this time it wasn't, you know, vogue or whatever like nowadays if a guy's got to play a bald character, the actor will just shave his head. Mhm. Yeah, they even did that for Billy Zane in The Phantom. When yeah. he was wearing the phantom, that rubber mask, yeah. so it would sit better. Oh, wow. It would have sat just fine with his hair. Yeah. I don't know why. They didn't have to do that. Because Pierce, here, these actors only work into, I mean, this thing was shot in days. Right. So they're not going to shave their head for just a day or two's worth of work. No kidding. So he put bald wigs on all these actors that played the humanoids, which, what, four or five maybe total? Yeah, something like that. And... Knowing what you're looking for, you can see the line, but just looking at it, I mean, you can't but see it. Barely. Yeah. And that's that's looking hard. Yeah. It doesn't show. You can't see it. The eyebrows are gone. I didn't even see them. No. A hint of them. And, and I got up close to the TV. Yeah. <laughs> to, to after, you know, I, I, upon a second viewing, because I wanted to look at it, it's just a very simple, clean, pretty makeup job. Yeah. That's very nice. And that's why he's I mean, Jack they, Pierce. Yeah. Those guys. For for people who have not seen this film yet, they look a little bit like the the Blue Man Group must have taken their look from these guys. Yeah, it's exactly what they look like, except these guys are more of a turquoise. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a, a picture of the, the Blue Man Group. That's what these guys look, look like, except not as you know manic. Right. And they're in kind of just plain gray jumpsuits, kind of like the This Island Earth jumpsuits. And that's it. That's it for the makeup. Now the plot of this thing. Mm-hmm. The story is after a nuclear war, World War Three. Who knows? It doesn't. I don't think it quite says. It doesn't. They just say a nuclear war yeah. within two weeks 
um, 90% of the population has died. Yeah. 92% of the population. Oh, 92% yes. of the population has died. And only, yeah. what, one... And because of the, the residual radiation yeah. over the years... Some um, terribly small percent reproduce, can still reproduce. And it's it's not at a rate that it will propagate the human race. Yeah, basically, the human race is just dying off, and there's nothing to be done about it. Yeah, within... A hundred years or so, the yeah. human race is going to be di- is going to die off. So, right. they created these robots. I just like saying a robot. I know you do. <laughs> and over time, of course, they develop, they advance, and they get more human-like. Mm-hmm. And of course, the robots are created to help with the human quality of life, right? Which is what which is what they do in this. And it's funny because the first the R one robot. They show the th- like three di- three different evolutions of robot. The R one is the alien suits from Invasion of the Flying Saucers. Right. And it was cool it was to awesome. see it on screen. Yeah. Yeah. That and then the next one is m- more of a blocky, like Tobor looking type robot. Yeah. And then finally, it's the humanoids, which are human looking machines, more like kind of like the Vision, you know. Yeah. Like an bit. android. Right. Except not the none of the flying powers or facing yeah. through walls or cool stuff. Yeah, and they eventually end up with a humanoid-looking thing. And and they do that, they say, not that it really matters, but they say they do that because humans couldn't work with the the robots. And relate. And relate to them. Yeah, they're so more they comfortable more with human. a human-looking yeah. robot. But there's then again, a faction rose up that is totally against that. Right. And says that that's they're trying to not pres- sacrilege, but said it's bad. They're afraid that the more human-looking like robots will take over. Yeah, they Even want to though, preserve the human race, and to do that, they can't do that with uh with with robots. They need to do that with pure flesh and blood, and that's the name of the order. Yeah, the flesh and the order of flesh and blood. Right. But there's no reason for them to be afraid because the first rule of robotics, or the first order, I think they call, mm-hmm. is robots cannot harm human beings. Yeah. And the way the plot thickens in this. Is at the beginning you're told that the scientist who's working with the robots develops this circuit or something that's the size of one hundredth the size of a golf ball, mm-hmm. and it replicates the human nervous system, mm-hmm. and they can replicate human memories and stuff. And they've developed a humanoid that looks replicates a human being. Mm-hmm. Remember that word replicate. That's going to come back to us in a few minutes. <laughs> Where the human, it has hair and has pores in the skin and has emotions and doesn't know that it's a robot. Right. Mm. Except for one hour during the day so yeah. it can come back and report. Between 4 and 5 a.m., the programming switches and it doesn't know it's human and it goes back to the temple, the robot temple, mm-hmm. to the father-mother to recharge and to give the information that it learned during the day about interacting with humans. Yeah. There's so much going on in this movie. You're going to have to watch it to get it all. Yeah, because we're not there's, gonna, so, well, yeah. there's so much subplot and so much context yeah. that you're going to miss. And Now, we've watched I mean, it twice. The, the, yeah, twice because. in like the last two weeks just because it's been amazing. And I mean, the robots have come up with their own religion. More or less. Pretty much. I mean, because their they're like mainframe computer is yeah. not just a computer. They call it the father-mother. Yeah. and Or mother-father. I can't remember And all which. the information goes into that and yeah. then disperses amongst all the robots. Right, right. So and they then, learn. And they get, they have this whole conversation with one of the 
one of the with the doctor that's helping them mm-hmm. to program the human like robots yeah. about religion and the creator oh, and yeah. that, oh, it's, that's it's some, something to the effect of oh the robot the doctor is kind of talking down to the the humanoid which is bit. odd because he wants to be one yeah. but anyway go ahead uh well he just doesn't want to grow old and die right the humanoid says i know who my creator was i know who created me hollister evans in the mark 47 you have to accept your creator on faith who created your creator yours you see we are brothers aren't we wow yeah it was amazing (laughs) Uh, oh, speaking of quoting from the movie, the greatest quote from the movie, which applies to a lot of crap today, oh, no and kidding. I'm not going to get any political personal stuff right here, but just I'm just going to say this quote, facts can't be destroyed, they can only cease to be used. That comes right out of this movie from 1960, too. So amazing. Yeah. There's so much. The, one of the cool things about that, well, I'll go ahead and say this, and then we'll get more into the plot, is that everything that's going on in this movie, the, the message or what ha- have you, it's a bit heavy-handed. It is. It's not very subtle, but it's not... But it's bl- not, it's, like, it's not grinding blatant. your face yeah. in it, either. It's just a little heavy-handed the way it's handled. But with everything that was going on in in the world at the time, with the civil rights movement right. and all that, this is a strong parallel Oh, sure. to that. And it, it's bl- There's it's blatant. no way yeah. people could not have seen the parallels. Mm-hmm. With the order of flesh and blood, which is... A thin veiled clan light. Yeah, I can see where you're going with that. You know that, what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Not not nearly not as violent, not as Well, it not nearly as bad as yeah. as what it, that is. But yeah, I get what you're saying. In this movie, there's the Order of Flesh and Blood, and then there's also the police. Yeah. But the Order of Flesh and Blood is kind of a a citizen's group. But they have a certain status yeah. in the society, yeah, which the I wasn't—I didn't quite figure that out. I can't quite figure it out either. But the higher ups in the Order of Flesh and Blood seem to have some control over the police because or, one of the police officers yeah. like backs down to the, or not so much control. It's just his rank. It's like, oh, you're that. Sorry, yeah. you're that rank. Yeah, yeah. If go it was a lower in that order, the police would have said, yeah. "Screw you, go yeah, away." Yeah, you know. so it's weird. I don't yeah. know. Kind of like two different branches of the military or something. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. So that that was a little confusing that part, but let me get back to where they were saying where I was saying where they they created the robot yeah that was human, and the doctors implanted R ninety six is the the designation for the okay. new robot, and they make a point of saying that the R ninety six is four points from an R one hundred, and an R one hundred would be the perfect mm-hmm. the perfect robot because they would be the perfect human. Yeah. Now, the Order of Flesh Four and Blood, like being I said, a human. Is, uh, is a feared of the robots taking over, right. even though the robots can't take over. Right. But this conversation between the robot and the doctor, you're unsure about what's going on because they're talking about replacing humans with these robots and mm-hmm. gaining the knowledge of how to interact with the humans. Mm-hmm. So you're going, hmm, well, there's a banging at the doctor's door just after he puts this implant in the humanoid, the human humanoid. Mm-hmm. And it's the order of flesh and blood, and the doctor's like, "Oh, you know, they're coming. We got to go. We got to get out of here." And the android was like, I'll, "Well, I'll try to bring this human back." And when they wake him up, it takes a while for him to get acclimated to being human. And the doctor says he'll probably act like he's drunk for a while. Yeah. So he'll well, be able when to he pa- died, he was drunk. So. Yeah. He'll be able to pass. But the doctor can't get out, and he says the humanoid says, "Well, go ahead and take your life." 
because the, the plan is the doctor was going to kill himself and the robots are going to transfer his his memories and everything into a android body like this guy for the doctor. Yeah. And that's the whole reason the doctor was doing this. Right. But we didn't know that at the time, did we? Yeah. It, it's, it's saying it. Did they the, say The plan it? is still in motion. You're still going to do that. Oh, okay. And But the I doctor can't somehow. take his own life. He, he can't. He just can't he bring just himself can't do it. to do it. And he tells the robot, kill me. And the robot says, I can't. The first order is can't harm humans. He said, maybe this humanoid can't. Maybe he's human enough that he can do it, though. Mm-hmm. And so he he's they wake him up and he's acting kind of drunk. And the doctor says, you know, kill me, kill me. And he says something about his sister and, her, and insulting his sister. Yeah. So he chokes the doctor out and kills him. The order breaks in and. The robot throws some punches. They end up knocking him out, but they find out he's a robot because right. they break the skin and see the metal skull or something. Yeah, well, they see his blood is green. Yeah. The copper tubing turns the blood green, by the way. Yeah. Just so you know. So the order finds that out and yada, yada, yada. It goes on and we go back. We see the order and their meeting, which is great. It's just a black set with some podiums and some seating <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a banner in the background. And... At the end of that, one of the order tells the Cra- the Craigus, the Craigus, yeah, Craigus, that his sister is gone into rapport, yes, with a humanoid. Yep. And from what we can gather, and the, they don't come out with the the, An they don't lay it out for you. Yeah. But going in rapport with a with a humanoid is uh, you you're basically joined with them. Yeah. They and it's some kind of mental joining because the 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 humanoid can basically know your thoughts you're you're joined as one like you you think it and the robot knows it yeah or anticipates anyway yeah. your, your next move but yeah it's it's kind of a bonding yeah and i forget what they call and like a marriage because yeah. you know he yeah, loves her and and she seems to love him she he gets her feelings or emotions and she is in love with him right and but they have another word too for when humans it's not marriage anymore it's Oh, what do they call it? Anyway, it's new. It's new future tar- terms. Like you know how we're coming out with new terms for old shit every day around here too. That's another rant for another time, though. Yes, it is. But uh, the Craigus, who is of the order and doesn't like robots, is going to go talk to his sister and straighten her out and get rid of that robot. Yep. And he shows up at her house, and it's like two in the morning, and she's still awake and having drinks with her with her robot. And what's her robot's name? Pax. Pax. Yeah, her humanoid is named Pax, which is, look up the definition, kids. And it's kind of funny because she says at some point, you know, you want to destroy Pax and blah, 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 which he does. He wants to get rid of the robot and get away from his sister and all this. And it's really cool that they named him Pax for this, for the dialogue that goes on, especially. Yeah. And once you look up Pax, you'll understand. Yeah. So... There's a lot going on there, and then there's a knock at the door, and this girl shows up who's a friend of his sister's and who the Craigus had bumped into earlier that evening, checking her papers for why she was out, and uh, she gave him what fur, and they end up kind of hitting it off here quickly, like, which is odd. Love at first sight. It's yeah. you know, really but, weird. But it makes sense. It yeah. seems weird, but yeah. as we go on in a few minutes, we'll tell you why it makes sense. Yeah. Are we going to give away the twist? We have to give away the twist ending to... to Tell the story. Yeah, I guess maybe, so. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. You probably have already deduced it from what I just said. But anyway, they end up leaving and going hanging out in the middle of the night 
And the next scene, we see them, they're kissing. So they fell in love within a half hour. Yeah. And it's weird. You're going, man, why are they, this is just, what okay. Is up with hey, maybe this? This, you know, movie's almost over and they got to hurry up, you know? Right. And they're talking, they're having a little conversation. And he says something about he can't reproduce because he played in, he and his sister played in the ruins of the bombed out city. And there was a lot of radiation when they were kids. Yeah. And it wouldn't be fair to her to shack up with him if he can't reproduce. And while they're having this conversation, two humanoids come up to them. Oh, and they say something about, it. well, we, well, we got to be getting home. It's almost four now. And the two humanoids come up to to them and say, uh, come with us. And they follow them. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're standing in the temple. Yeah. And they're in two glass Robot tubes. Robot temple. Yeah. And they're in two glass tubes. Yep. And uh, the humanoids are talking to the Kragus and he's just monotonely telling them everything they they ask him mm-hmm. and even at this point you're like oh well they've got it he's drugged or whatever they got him in the tube it's something you know mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. why he's just spotting it out or maybe you don't maybe you know maybe i'm dumb and it took me a while to figure out I, I will tell you from the very beginning when the the chick came in and she was all about him i was like okay she is definitely a humanoid She's a humanoid. He's going to fall for the humanoid and yeah. he's going to have to adjust to the fact that she's a humanoid and he's going to, you know, yeah, that there's going to be a whole thing. I did not see yeah. him also being a humanoid yeah. at all. I, didn't, so I don't you, know why I didn't want see that coming. to watch the movie and, want, and don't want to know <laughs> the twist ending, well, you should stop listening two minutes ago. Yeah, sorry. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... The doctor comes back out and he's young. The doctor from the beginning. Yeah. And they transferred his, they made him a younger version of himself, humanoid, and transferred his consciousness into that. So he's going to live forever now. And they take the tubes off and they reveal to Kragus that he's a humanoid. Yeah. He's a robot. they've, They've not revealed to any of the other humanoids when they're in their human mindset. Oh, yeah. That they are. Well, they said they humanoid. have. But when but, they do, but they, they go, can't handle yeah, they it. Can't handle they it. shut down. The programming shuts down. Yeah. And they become comatose. Well, yeah, basically, yeah, and just a blank humanoid. Their human mind can't handle it. Right. Their conscious can't handle that they're a robot, and they shut down. But, but for they, some reason, they determine that the Kragus and his yeah. his what is the woman's name? I cannot remember now. Maxine. Maxine. Yeah. They determined that the two of them, they were two of the very first humanoids and they should be able to handle it now and they tell how they became humanoids yeah you know we're in this little section later yeah and it comes through in this in this dialogue that you think the whole time they're saying they're replacing the humans they're replacing the humans they're replacing you're Mm -hmm. like oh they are trying to take over but it comes around in this dialogue that no they're following the first law of robotics to or the second law not to harm humans and to preserve the human race yep and the way to preserve the human race is as they die off, they give them a new body and place their consciousness in it so they stay alive. Yep. They have made the humans immortal. Yeah. And the humans become robots and the robots become humans. Right. So the human race actually survives. And the doctor had been working on something to, f- and he has had this whole time had perfected a technique to, to where the R100s to make them R100s and they can reproduce. Yes. So he's created humans basically. Yep. Yeah. Or a new evolution of humanity. Yep. 
and it's oh man, I almost get chills, you know, talking about this part yeah. because it's so it's such a good story and good writing yeah. that the low budgetness of the movie it gets overlooked. Totally takes a back seat. I wish that I had written down that quote at the end. There's one off-handed nearly throwaway comment at the end where he's talking about how they get the oh it was he said it'll only require a few minor surgeries nearly as minor as removing a, a rib. rib it'll take several simple operations hardly more difficult than removing a rib somebody has to be first that blows yeah. my mind. Right. It's like, oh, so you're God now. Yeah. I and love he, it, though. It was just, it's amazing yeah. the way they, oh, just the writing in this is phenomenal. The, phenomenal. Yeah, the, the thing, and what I was saying, though, is is it's such a low budget movie and kind of came in under the radar, came and went, that the good writing of the story is overlooked. Yeah. Because the movie is such a low budget movie, but it's really worth I mean, definitely worth your time to to watch this. I highly recommend it, and watch it twice. Oh, definitely. Because you're going to miss some of the cool, the clever dialogue. Yeah, the well, first we, time we around. did for sure. Oh yeah. Well, and this was I didn't know this until we watched it the second time and you did some more research. But yeah. this was written by the same guy that wrote one of our other favorite yeah. old the screenwriter for this guy named uh, Jay Sims, and he wrote. Uh, <laughs> The Giant Gila Monster and The Killer Shrews, but he also wrote another one of our favorite 50s sci-fi movies, Panic in the Year Zero, yep. which is a, another smart science fiction film. Yeah, we did a we did a podcast we did an episode on that. On one, yeah. yeah, and I watched that over and over again. Yeah, it's that's a great, a great movie. movie. A lot better than than it gets credit for. Yeah. Well, that's another one I had never heard of until you brought yeah. it up to me. I don't know how you heard of it, but I saw it on Doctor Mad Blood back oh, in the seventies okay. yeah, or the eighties. Thank you, um, Dr. Mablin. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Mablin, for a great many movies over the years. But that one, and that was one I saw as a kid and didn't care for it because it didn't have monsters in it. Right. <laughs> right. But going back and watching it as an adult, it's like, man, this is a good movie. Yeah. Ray Milan will take no shit in that movie. <laughs> no kidding. Well, this is another one that, I mean, it, it definitely ranks way up there. Mm -hmm. It's so smart. The dialogue is amazing. Yeah. The only it's other just, down downside really of this is the sound quality. Yeah, there's a few places um, where it does drop out. It's like weird. they only had one mic. Yeah. And it's on the primary actor. Yeah, and then so the, anybody else. Then the response dialogue sounds like it's sounds like it's like this. Yeah. You know, kinda <laughs> in a hollow. But that's not a lot of places. No, nah, just one or two times. And oh oh also too, this is actually supposedly Andy Warhol's favorite film. Really? Yeah. Huh. Which makes a little bit of sense. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's stylish, but minimalist at the same time. Mm -hmm. They make good use of hardly anything for set and a few matte painted backdrops. That were beautiful. Yeah. No, they were great. The lighting is fantastic in this. Like I said, the dialogue is, it. it's a little stiffly delivered by some of the actors, but others it's it comes out really natural. Yeah. But the writing... Going back to it, it's, a, it's such a smart story. This came out in '62, and there's oh, there's a a bit where they're explaining to to the Kragus, or trying to tell him he's a robot. He says, "No, I can't be. I have I have memories. I remember being a child and playing. I remember having little hands and blah blah blah. And all I could think of was Rachel from Blade Runner. I was a child. I, 
I grew up. I remember it all. I, I had little hands. They grew larger. I grew up. I, I can hate. I can kill. I'm a man. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, you know, Philip K. Dick must have must have seen this movie. Yeah. Because The Android Dream of Electronic Sheep came out in 68, which is the novel that Blade Runner was based, based on. Based on, yeah. And there's so much of that in this. Yeah. You know, and then so many other movies have taken this basic kind of concept. Yeah. But this was the first place that I know of that it came about. Yeah, I have no idea if yeah. there was another place that had this kind of idea before, but I mean... Regardless. There may have been another story. I don't know. This it is the first been. film, no anyway, that I know of. It's the first time I've seen that. So Blade Runner, I, it, for my money, owes, owes something to this movie. Incidentally, though, if you want to watch it, it we I got the DVD off of Amazon for us, the double feature, which is actually kind of cool. The other movies, eh, I, make your own judgment. Yeah, we, we But it has it. trailers, and it has drive-in intermission ads, and you can watch it as a double feature, and have all that stuff before the movie and in between each movie. Oh, it's it's a great disc. Oh, Dark Sky put it out. Hmm. But the film, a good, clear, crisp quality, is on YouTube. The whole film. The whole film, which, you know, usually I don't post the whole film on the Facebook page. I usually I'll post the trailer and post a live page. I think I'm going to post the link to this whole film because yeah, everybody needs it. to see this damn movie. <laughs> you know what? Right now, we don't normally talk about worldly crap but right now everybody's stuck inside so go watch this movie <laughs> yeah. it's amazing how well it holds up story wise there's a lot of parallels to a lot of crap that we've all seen but beyond all that back when it came out the civil rights movement was in full swing mm-hmm. and there's the parallels are blatant to that back and forth but all that away, all that aside, it's just a really good sci-fi story. Yeah, definitely. Very good science fiction. And it's, like I said, it's not real exciting. There's not a thunderous score. There's not a, any action. It's all dialogue and talking heads, but it's smart. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, you say that, and it makes it sound like a boring film. I was enthralled this entire well, and that, movie. Yeah, that's the thing. There's not any of that stuff, but it's not boring. No, not at all. It keep It holds your attention. And you're watching. You're wait, you want to know what's coming next. Yeah. You you want the story to unfold. Yep. So it does. It's not boring. No. But not by any means. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no space battles. I mean, you know, there's right. no action. Yeah. Definitely check this thing out. Now I can't do any more, but just gush about it. I, yeah. So watch it and uh, let us know what you think. If anybody out there's seen it. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Very curious. We're the um, only people I know that have ever seen this. So yeah, drop share. us a line on the Facebook page, the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page, or the email, phantasmoad at gmail.com, all one word, phantasmoad at gmail.com. Uh, of course, I'm going to put as many pictures as I can find from this thing up on the page. And uh, the trailer, I'll put the trailer up definitely because that's what made me want to see the movie. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put the link to the movie. And since you know we're all sitting inside, give it a watch. And discuss. Indeed. That's about all I got. I think so. Well, we have one thing left to do. Yes. We have to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes.
Okay. Who you got? Uh, let's go with Don McGowan. Don McGowan. Okay. Don McGowan, mm-hmm. of course, was in this. He was also the Gill Man in Creature Walks Among Us. Right. Okay. Rex Reason was in Creature Walks Among Us. Okay. Rex Reason was in This Island Earth. Rex Reason. Yep. Great okay. name. Yeah. Also in This Island Earth was Russell Johnson. Okay. He was a professor on Gilligan's Island. Oh, okay. Russell Johnson was also in a movie called The Greatest Story Ever Told. All right. With Charlton Heston. <laughs> Directly to Charlton Heston himself. Planet Apes. Thank you. Good night. Well done. <laughs> the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. Yes, it does. Sometimes it takes a, lo- a while to get there. Sometimes it's real quick. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, watch this movie. It's a lot of fun, and it's really some good science fiction. Indeed. That's about all I got. That's it. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night. Of course, the operation was a success, or you wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs>